if you allow me to evolve your ad over the course of the week, I can give you multiple bites of the apple. And so you can get more of your message across as opposed to that, like we've honed this down with our, our, our media team and this is exactly what we want to say and call to action. No, let me let me evolve it and I can cycle back at the end of your buy and like sum it all up and all that stuff. But also the listeners prefer it. Podcast Junkies, episode 190. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you're new to the podcast, this is the show where we interview amazing podcasters who are doing awesome things in the world of podcasting and get them to kick back their heels and talk about their shows and whatever else is on their mind. In case you missed last week's episode, we had a great conversation with Kyle Gray of The Story Engine. And this week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Brian McCullough. He's the host of Tech Meme Ride Home. Brian's been a tech veteran for some time now, and we talk about his workflow early on, how he goes about creating a daily podcast, which for some folks might seem like a grind, but he's got a a really interesting story of how it came about. Um, We talk about what that inspiration was, how he's formatted the show, and also the bonus episodes he's added to add some additional flavor to what he's doing on a daily basis. We chat a little bit about the difference between daily and weekly podcasts and how the psychology of a daily and weekly show audience differs. Brian goes into a little bit how he cultivates relationships with the sponsors and how he goes uh, about creating the news alert segments within his show. And then he takes us through a typical production day, which I was really curious about given that it's a daily podcast. I've been a fan of the show for a while, so it was really great to get Brian on the show. And it's one of the few shows that I listen to that's daily. I listen to Eric Mandy's The Newsworthy, and this is another one to get me a, a quick update on the tech news. As many of you know, I take pride in trying to have the best quality audio available, even though I could be traveling sometimes. So I've been known to experiment with a bunch of different mics, depending on where I am. I always try to make it a point to pack my Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 and their sponsors of the show this week. Focusrite has been generous enough to sponsor Podcast Junkies and I can't say enough good things about the company. And to be honest, I've had this Focusrite 2i2, the Scarlett, otherwise known as the Little Red Box, for several years now. Why I love it is because it's got this front interface that allows you to plug in the two mics as XLR mics. And even if you've got a mic like the Shure SM7B that I was using previously, that's a little power hungry, you can use it with the Phantom Power. Uh, It works wonderfully with that. And I love the controls on the mic. I get to monitor my own audio by plugging my headphones straight into the headphone jack on the front of the Scarlett. And overall, it's just just adds that extra level of boost and richness to my sound. Extremely reliable, extremely sturdy, and it's one of my go-to recommendations when I'm working with clients and I'm having them do a brand new setup. If you haven't heard of it or haven't seen the specs, then head on over to podcastjunkies.com forward slash 2i2, and it'll be taken straight to the Amazon page, and you can check the specs there. So nothing but good things to say about Focusrite. Happy to have them as sponsors of the show. Stay till the end of the episode, and I'll reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, enjoy this conversation with Brian. So Brian McCullough, host of the Tech Meme podcast and the Ride Home podcast. Welcome to Podcast Junkies. So it's the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast and the Internet History podcast. The Internet History. (laughs) (laughs) So Brian McCullough, host of... Sorry, the (laughs) Internet... Let's just stick with tech meme. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Leave all this in too, please. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what you get for wearing too many podcast hats, as you should probably know, right? I know, I know. What's funny is that this is a show about podcasters, so I leave all the stuff in because everyone can relate that listens because the community understands. Yeah, exactly. A fire engine, a dog barking, like internet crapping out, like it all happens to us on a, on a real basis. Well, and, and you so. know, I'll, I'll give you a good anecdote. Um, the uh, You asked for my name pronunciation, and um, very early on when I started the Internet History Podcast, um, one of the first interviews I got, I didn't ask his name pronunciation and then i found out later that i got it completely wrong but he was a nice guy and didn't correct me and so even if even if i i'm like 97 percent sure i always ask now because i don't want that to happen again you know yeah yeah someone was on a there was a podcast um and somebody was oh i found this crazy podcast about yeti it's it's called wild wild thing and it's about bigfoot it's about a serious like npr style reporter this like figuring out this yeti stuff uh, like um and not the blue yeti mic that you have there right right right, right. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean the actual Sasquatch. And there's a there's a whole slew of folks really digging into this. And it turns out her like great uncle was like the key eminent um, researcher in this field. Mm-hmm. And I was listening. I listened to the Wolf Den. That's how, that's how this whole rabbit hole started. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know if you listened to that. No, I, I, yeah, I have in the past, not regularly. Yeah, yeah. So that I heard about that, and and she was interviewing someone, and he he was an older guy. He was like in his eighties or nineties, and he just. The whole interview, he got her name wrong. So he, I think she was um, Katie and keeps saying Catherine. So she didn't bother correct him. I think at some point, you don't have to, like people, um, they get to make that mistake and you don't have to, <laughs> <laughs> they get a pass. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so I, I'm trying to figure out, it might have been through uh, Justin Jackson, who I just had on, um, mm-hmm. of uh, Product People and Build Your SaaS. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's working on Transistor.fm right now, which I'm, I was been fascinated by and i think that's how i may have come across your show but i have another friend of mine um erica mandy who does the newsworthy yeah 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 and and she's a good friend and and just anyone who does like the daily type shows um it's been really interesting for me for to get my news and then i said you know do i really need another daily show and then i I liked your format a lot i listened to a couple of episodes so i I now use overcast for my podcatcher and so i have a, a, a news section a news playlist and Erica's is in there, yours is in there. So that's my, that's as much as I can handle because I I actually unsubscribe from all the news. I deleted news app from my phone. It was just too mm. depressing, all this stuff. So I like this idea of super niche focused, you know, short, you know, here's like, and for you, it's, you know, I think you said you were editing today as well. So you, you do your stuff on the ride home. I'm, so. I'm not, I'm not even done editing. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's 3.08 PM Eastern time right now. And the show yeah. has to be out by 5 PM. Okay. But I know that I only have about like six minutes of audio left. So, you know, I can, I can, you know, get that out and out the door in like 15 minutes flat or whatever. It is yeah. a funny thing. I mean, we can go into this however much yeah. you want, but like the whole workflow of a daily podcast um, is man, it's a completely different beast. Um, but it's it, it's it's different, but then it's it's not. It just depends on on you know what you're trying to do and like how kind of DIY you're willing to be with it. Did you know what you were biting off when you when you took this one on? Yes and no. Uh, should I? Do you want me to give you my? Um, my whole podcast yeah. story here. Yeah, let's 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 take it let's take it way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I'm not going to take you all the way back, but um, because it, I, you know, it, I think this is germane to like kind of uh, accidentally falling into podcasting. Um, so I'm uh, I, I'm 20 years in the tech industry, uh, three time founder of companies. I'd kind of been retired for a while. Uh, and, uh, my first kid was on the way and I wanted something to do. I was going to be the stay at home dad and I wanted something to do to, uh, you know, keep me occupied and (laughs) engaged and things like that. So, um, I decided (laughs) a a hobby, right. In theory, um, I decided that I wanted to write a book about the history of the internet era, not the internet itself, but like, you know, um, when the internet went mainstream, Mm. Uh, the book came out in October, by the way, uh, it's called how the internet happened. If anyone wants to look it up, but but so this is six years ago now. And again, being a, um, a web guy and an entrepreneur, I'm used to having an idea and being able to throw it up and like get some sort of feedback. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm researching to write this book and I'm getting interviews by the way, and I'm, I'm calling people up and recording them and I'm thinking, man, I just did an hour long interview with this founding Netscape engineer and maybe two sentences of it, sentences of it will get in the book five years from now. Right. Mm-hmm. And that felt like a waste to me. And also sitting in a room all alone <laughs> was isolating. And so again, this idea of like getting feedback. So as I'm collecting these interviews, I start to throw them up as podcasts. Right. Um, and so I'm thinking of it, it's, it's a big historical project. So they're, they're like oral histories or whatever, but lo and behold, I think it was 2014. I, I threw up the first few episodes and I had a thousand subscribers in the first week. Wow. That's good. Yeah. And uh, so then that the light bulb goes off. I was like, well, wow. so people are into this sort of stuff. So then that's the internet history podcast. It sort of evolved into, I always said that it was sort of like a hybrid between Mark Marin and um, who does hardcore history. Um, Dan Carlin. What Dan Carlin does, because what I would do is I get the interviews for the purposes of the book. And I throw them up unedited, right? But then as I'm writing the book, I throw 
chat, I read the chapters and throw those up as episodes as well. Right. Mm. Um, and so it became this whole sort of crowdsourced researching and um, I don't know, whatever project where, so uh, people, as I'm, as I'm writing a chapter on Amazon and I'm getting interviews with early Amazon employees, people can listen to those interviews and then people can hear the first draft of the chapter as I write it. People can correct me. That's you narrating it? That's me narrating it. Yeah. So if, if you buy How the Internet Happened, um, you you can also listen to early episodes of the Internet History Podcast and hear those early chapters in their first, you know, <laughs> attempts. Um, so, yeah, it, that, that, that pod is five years old now. So, like, people have been with me throughout the entire journey of writing that book and corrected me got me in touch with people that I wanted to interview, got me guests. It, it, it was this whole weird, fascinating thing. Uh, it was supposed to be a book, and then it ended up getting me into podcasting. And so that's the first part. Of it. <laughs> that's not even getting me into the daily thing, but yeah. I'm going to pause there in case you had a question. What were you listening to at the time, or what was inspiring you to sort of pick up the mic? Definitely Dan Carlin. And then, I mean, it's the whole, we we understand this, like the easiest thing to do uh, in podcasting is to just put a mic in front of people yeah. and have them talk. And hopefully, I mean, obviously the caveat to that is you better, hopefully they're interesting <laughs> and hopefully you're interesting. Um, so yeah, it was just that sort of hybrid that, um, it fit what I was trying to do, but it was sort of a thing. Like I forgot about doing the book for a while because when the podcast took off and, you know, I'm getting 10,000, 20, 25,000 downloads an episode, like, mm. and, and creating this whole community around it and things like that. Um, I almost kind of forgot about the book for a while. Uh, yeah, I was listening to Dan Carlin and Dan Carlin's very uh, liberating in the sense that, you know, his whole thing is, is like, I'm not a professional historian yeah. and neither am I. I'm not a journalist or anything like that. I'm, I, I've been in the tech industry for 20 years, but like, so I don't know that whole, whole ethos of like, you don't have to have a PhD. Um, you can be a history fan as Dan says. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, you know, I did live, a lot of what the, happened in the internet history podcast, a lot of the people that are on there are people that I have known in my career and things like that. Um, so it's, but, but then just that freedom to be like, I don't have to be accredited to be the person that tries to tell the history. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And did you have experience interviewing folks or that was no. that just learn, learn as you go as well? God, no, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Which is, which is funny because now I, I'm doing this every day. So then long story short, like I, I had a TED residency and stuff in between. And, and so I'm developing um, uh, interviewing skills. And, and then when I got the TED residency, like I've, I've, I've done interviews and things for them as well. So anyway, uh, the daily podcast is the uh, tech meme ride home, uh, which drops every day at five o'clock. <laughs> Hopefully today it will clock. as well. In, insert ticking clock now. <laughs> exactly. So let me tell you. So because the Internet History Podcast took off, I had been approached. I, I live here in, in Brooklyn, which, as we know, is the uh, world headquarters of the podcasting industry. Yeah, I grew up in Yonkers. <laughs> so, right. And and just up the hill from me is everybody from Gimlet to, you know, name them. Um, so I was approached by a couple of different um, media companies who shall remain nameless to do uh, a tech news podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And if if you're familiar with that niche at all, it is, or at least it has been, it's just a, mostly weekly shows and they get two or three idiots around a table to talk, <laughs> to, to kick the, the weekly news around, and, which is fine. I, you know, and, and there's some great tech podcasts out there. Um, but I was trying to do something a little different than that. Uh, and I have been friends with Gabe Rivera who owns techmeme.com for years. If you're not familiar mm. with that, it's a tech uh, news aggregator site. And I said to Gabe offhand, I was like, you know, if I, if I take one of these jobs, uh, and launch a, a tech news podcast for somebody, I'm just going to be, you know, using tech memes headlines to, to create my show every time. Have you ever, have you ever thought of doing uh, a podcast? And he said, funny enough, we agreed that what made sense because tech meme is a site that people in Silicon Valley go to multiple times a day, mm -hmm. um, that doing a weekly roundup did not make sense. 
Um, and plus everybody does weekly roundups. How could we differentiate like that? The, the mission of tech meme as a site is to be timely. So the only thing that made sense to us was to just do what tech meme does, but in podcast form. Hmm. So I'm going to answer your original question, which is, did I know what I was getting into <laughs> a little bit? Not, but it's not been that bad. Uh, we're 10 months old, I think at this point, And we, uh, you know, I, I stand on the shoulders of the tech meme editors. So I'm, you know, I have access to their news backend and their Slack channel and all that stuff. So I could just come in here every day and I've got to produce 15 to 20 minutes of what happened today in the world of tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't have to source it, you know, so that's very, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, I just have to figure out what is important. I got to get my take on it. I got to write it. I got to record it edit it and then hit the button by five. So, uh, and to the extent you can talk, mention the specifics, but did you just work out a, um, a licensing agreement with Gabe yeah, or are you, are you yeah, part yeah, of the yeah. tech meme team or? Yeah, I technically own the show. So I have okay. editorial control and things like that. And um, I, I just uh, am licensing the, the use of the brand, but actually, so, okay. And and I should say, uh, uh, one of the things that we did just this year is we just launched weekend bonus episodes as well, which mm -hmm. are interview episodes. So the weekday shows are the news wrap-up shows where I'm telling you what happened today. And then the weekend shows are interview episodes where I'm going deeper into, well, this happened this week, so let's talk to somebody about it, that sort of thing. So it is it has been hugely beneficial, even though the, the Internet History Podcast has been known in its space, in the tech space. It's been hugely beneficial to leverage tech memes reputation because again, I'm not a journalist. So if I had just decided to launch Brian's tech news week, uh, daily, whatever, no one, but so, you know, um, uh, I think Saturday, what was the last one? Like we, last weekend we interviewed uh, Christina Farr of CNBC about healthcare mm -hmm. technology and things like that. So, yeah. right. The, the credibility to just jump into the space completely a virgin essentially. Um, but to have the credibility of tech meme behind it, um, has been hugely beneficial. Has it, what has it done for tech memes traffic? I would not know the answer to that because okay. I'm not privy to it. Yeah. Um, I can tell you this, um, you know, the other thing that I was not, I, again, I'm a three time founder. I I'm used to, being on the other side of buying ads. Mm. I'm not, I have no experience creating a business that is advertising supported, right? Um, within our first three months, we sold out our ad inventory through the end of 2018. Wow. So one of the instincts that I had was that for technology advertisers, it was, they're sort of underserved in the um, podcasting space. So I, you know, I, I, I read the, the, Lisa mattress ads like everybody else. And it, God bless. Them. This is not being disparaging at all, but the, the people that really have responded to us and love us are the sponsors, you know, because we've got 25,000, 30,000 devs and people working at startups and venture capitalists that are listening every single day. So those are the advertisers that love us is the people that are trying to reach uh, Silicon Valley folk. It's so niche, and I mean, the audience, that's what I loved it. I, I know we had had a brief chat on email about it, but uh, about a possible um, opportunity for, for sponsorship. But I just love this idea of like super, super niche focus because mm -hmm. you, know, the, you know that when you listen to this, you can almost picture what the audience is. And as a yeah. sponsor, as an advertiser, you're like, I kind of, I'm listening to this. I'm, I know who's sort of listening to this. And I know it's like, how how better to serve up an ad to someone who's actually going to be listening to it and like oh yeah i mean i've heard i mean i i know about tiny and about um <laughs> data dog and yeah. yeah yeah so i'm just like oh this because i'm i'm because of this because squad because the work i'm doing with squadcast and it's just it's fascinating because it's just like literally like these are it's almost like these are the ads that i would like to hear <laughs> which mm. is interesting well okay you know and we can if i don't know if this is what you're interested in but we can get into the nitty-gritty of that because one of the things that i discovered is and again, I I do, I'm not disparaging the the big brands, right? The, mm. the the big in the podcast space. But again, the people that have had the most success, a daily show is different mm. because you're you've obviously listened if you know Tiny. What like people like Tiny allow me to do is evolve the ad over whatever their buy is, 
because if I had to just read the same copy um, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, not only, first of all, the audience would be annoyed and get bored or whatever, but it or, also, do, or do the 30 second skip. Right. Basically. Right. <laughs> but so um, like tiny allows me to Monday, we're going to talk about this aspect of tiny Tuesday. We're going to talk about this. And yeah. actually it, it behooves also uh, tech sponsors as well, because, you know, um, these are complicated products sometimes like these software as a service platforms and things like that. So I can, yeah. if you allow me to evolve your ad over the course of the week, I can give you multiple bites of the apple. Mm. And so you can get more of your message across as opposed to that, like we've honed this down with our, our, you know, our, our, our media team. And this is exactly what we want to say in call to action. No, let me, let me evolve it. And I can cycle back at the end of your buy and like sum it all up and all that stuff. But also the listeners prefer it because they want a different thing every day. Like, and, and then we can also get into that aspect of it too. The different psychology of a daily show audience versus Mm -hmm. a weekly show audience has been fascinating. Yeah, so let's dig into that. I mean, this is this goes wherever the we start pulling the thread apart. So, <laughs> and I'm fascinated by it, and I know a lot of listeners, you know, understand. Although there's different flavors of podcasting, and just this dive into daily is really fascinating for me. And I think you've got an excellent model, so I think it'd be very helpful. Because I'm a voracious podcast listener myself, and and as everyone always says, it's such an intimate medium, and you, it's a habit forming medium. So like mm-hmm. you know, Monday for me are comedy bang bang days, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a there's an Arsenal football club podcast that I know are Mondays and Fridays and like Wednesdays are used to be um, Pistol Shrimps radio days for me. So, like, I'm used to the habit. Now, what is fascinating to me is that legit people make a habit of. So we picked Ride Home, right? Because the daily comes out in the morning. And when we launched, we're like, there's not a lot of people hitting the afternoon. It's almost it's weird how. um radio is replicating itself we picked a day part that we thought was sort of uh on uh you know uh on not on not highly traffic yeah yeah right. just not not a lot of space there i mean not a lot of uh noise there but also think about it we had to do that just for the the functionality what's the alternative like the tech meme right in so i would be up all night i guess if i lived in, <laughs> yeah. in europe or something like i could do that functionally but no i have to <laughs> I have to like well, we let- mentioned er- we mentioned Erica, and I know she has hers out at four a.m. I think every every day. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but she's on the West Coast, so like maybe that's yeah. even a little more doable. Yeah. So, so we picked our day part, but it's fascinating to me that a hundred percent people slot this into their day because, like, when we have holidays, um, and 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 originally we took holidays off as well, but when we had holidays, like the the downloads are you they're noticeably different because it's not like people are used to either waking up because a lot of people are overseas 30 percent of the audience is overseas so a lot of people always Mm -hmm. joke to me oh it's it's my it's my tech meme uh morning uh, as i'm taking a shower podcast or whatever but anything that you do that breaks up that um habit that someone has put you in you can see it in the downloads um, so it's fascinating to me how much that that's useful to people. But I guess, again, this is like relearning old media lessons. Why are there morning shows on television like Good Morning America and the Today Show for mm-hmm. all these years? Why are there? Why is there the, the Tonight Show? Because it serves a certain part of your day and yeah. uh, the, the rhythms of your life. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised that it works that way. I'm, I'm more I'm I'm just like in awe that, you know, people make me a part of their day like that. Like, so like I, I went to Boston for a book signing and I just told people that it was going to happen on the podcast and all these people showed up and we went mm. around the corner and had a, had a beer and like, I'm going to, I'm planning a New York city meetup now that I know that this is a thing, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. like people are passionate because like you're in their life every day. And you can see the metrics on your hosting company as well. Like, um, where people are, are listening as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I heard someone say what comedian one time that um, they were using that to base where they're going to do like live shows because, you know, they're growing right. their audience and they're just like, whoa, we've got a crazy, you know, core of folks in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> let's let's get a live show going on there. So the, yeah, no, the, that's... The, the better we get with metrics and, and measuring, I think, as podcasters, we can start to do those. We can take, you know, what, what typically would be thought of just like as a internet activity, digital activity, and bring it home face-to-face IRL like, um, and like you're doing, which I think is awesome. 
Right. And I tried to convince the publisher of that. This is a, a an aside. Like when the book came out, I was like, well, I know if you want me to go on a book tour, I know which cities we should hit. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if for nothing else, because like I can mention on the, like I did on the podcast that morning that I'm going to be there or that the night before that I'm going to be there. It, right. And I'm sure you've had comedians on to talk about how, how, how podcasting has revolutionized the standup comedy world um, and how it almost behooves you to build your audience in podcasts first um, because then, because the thing that I know people in the stand-up comedy world and the thing that always used to be is um, well, if I show up in Topeka or Ann Arbor or whatever, like they might not know me. Do you know what I mean? And so unless I'm Chris rock or whatever, but then, so as you're, you're describing like, well, I, I can identify that I have an audience in Topeka, but that's not, that's not only it. Like if you're just a, um, a, a working touring stand-up comedian, you can go to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and you can assume that maybe 200, 300 people know you because if you're on the podcast all the time, like Paul F. Tompkins maybe is not a name that my mom would know, but if you're a podcast listener, Paul yeah. F. can go anywhere. And there's a bunch of people that would know him, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because it, uh, it's like the Kevin Kelly thousand true fans thing now. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't need to sell out a stadium. You know, if you get a thousand fans who just are scattered across the country or just in certain pockets, I mean, that's enough to build a career off of. Well, do you know? Um, there's a couple of them. You, you probably know. Hello from the Magic Castle. I know. I'm, I'm in LA, so I know about the Magic Castle number one. Oh, not, 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 not Magic. <laughs> Hello from the Magic Tavern. I'm sorry. Magic okay. Castle. Is I thought it was Magic Castle, the the, ma the magician place. So we. <laughs> Hello from the Magic Tavern. I'm double checking okay. my my overcast right now. Uh, is like um, it's a they're based out of Chicago, I think, but it's a an improv comedy podcast where the, the conceit is is that they're um in a Dungeons and Dragons world of wizards and orcs and whatnot and and whatever they've toured around the country with that. And then the one that you probably also haven't heard of is um, the star Trek podcast, uh, greatest generation. Hmm. And it's one I of those, like not. you go through uh, they, they went through all of next generation and now they're on to deep space nine and they just recap all the episodes or whatever, but they just did, I think it was a six or eight city nationwide tour where again, it's, it's just, if, if, like if you've got that format down right and people love you like why not do it in front of a crowd yeah totally yeah that this this live show like radiotopia radiotopia did it here in la and i comedians do it all the time and even folks i mean everyone who's doing interview shows like just the format lends itself i'm um, doing i'm going to see the flop house next month when they're coming back to uh brooklyn so okay yeah yeah, yeah. and so um can you talk a little bit more about about how did, did you i mean did you know from day one that you were you had a sponsorship model in place or yeah. did that sort of mature or evolve over time for the daily uh tech meme show for sure but again i hadn't done this professionally yet because the internet history podcast was always a hobby and it, it was always an aid of writing the book so i had never even done sponsorships on that or whatever the only thing that i knew is that people that i knew that were in the space were like yeah, you can get $30 CPMs. That's for real. Yeah. <laughs> and again, from my previous life, I knew I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and uh, I had the instinct that, again, the tech advertisers were being underserved. So if I could deliver them um, an audience, that would make sense. And so, you know, by the way, I'm only 10 months into this. So there's still a lot of things that I'm learning. Um, but, you know, we're on a half a million dollar run rate this year. Um, we'll probably do significantly more than that if you look at the, you know, the trend lines and things like that. Um, but as long as we sell out our, our ad inventory, you know, all I do is come in here every day and produce a, a, a 15 to 20 minute show and, uh, you can monetize it to <laughs> significant six figures. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's just me right now. Obviously, that's another goal of this year is that to actually staff up and have writers and editors and things like that. Um, but I'm still that's the that's the part of the puzzle that I'm still letting myself learn is like um, um, it, I, it, I can still manage it because it's just me. So I, I, I understand all of the moving pieces. And so the goal this year is to then move that out to um, having a team putting all the 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 pieces together and and having a daily show. And right now you have, I think you have pre, mid, and post, right? 
Um, you know, it's not set. I, I'm experimenting again, learning. Um, sure. the, the one thing that has always been there is two mids. Um, the, the posts are super new. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we switched over our host hosting to anchor, um, okay. because they just, uh, turned on their monetizing platform. And again, uh, we've only been with them for about a month, but I highly recommend them because it is, it reminds me of in 2003 when AdSense came along and mm. all of a sudden I put AdSense on my blog and my blog was making $500 a month and paying my, <laughs> my, my car bill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, all you got to do is plug and play and turn on the ads and boom, you know, uh, I think it's super new for them. I think it's only two months old or whatever. So, um, you know, it's, it's not like, uh, AdSense where you, you have a thousand, uh, sponsors to choose from, but just the ability to plug and play like that is, is really revolutionary. So that's new. So how does that work with, they allow, so can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I know there's been you know, talk about that with Anchor and and there was a lot of, um, I come, like I've been doing it about for about five years and so there's a lot of indie podcasters, not so, so much tech related, but um, people that are in the space and, you know, they were worried in the beginning because the terms of service, I think with Anchor were a little sketchy and I think they, they, they got a lot of flack for it and I think they revised them finally. But how does the, like how, how does the, what does the workflow look like from a, the ad insertion piece for Anchor? Um, upload your audio find where you want to put it and insert it. It's, 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 okay. you're given a visual of your, mm-hmm. of your episode and you can just pick a spot and you can say, this is where I want the ad to show up. And it's the ad that you've actually read. Yeah, it's okay. right. Okay. That's, that's interesting because actually I've been on a bunch of platforms um, that have done uh, dynamic ad insertion, uh, megaphone, anchor, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them. Um, the difference, what, right. Because like uh, on the others, it was, find the spot in your audio where you want the ad to go mm-hmm. and then we'll sell the, the whatever to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Starbucks. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, and you'll never know anything about it. This is yeah. slightly different in the sense that you can't like, um, anchor will say to you, here are the sponsors that are available. Here's the suggested read. Here's the copy, that sort of thing. And you record it and put it into their system and then it's literally just a matter of you deciding, all right, on this episode, I'm going to insert it, right? So again, the analogy to me is AdSense, where it's like you cut yeah. and paste this code into your blog or website or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but the difference is, yes, you record it, and you have the ability to pick and choose uh, who you want to to read for. And so you have, so for example, tiny, so the tiny. Okay. Well, that's completely different. Okay. (laughs) That's what what I'm saying. So for a long, so we have, um, the existing advertising relationships that tech meme had, we have the advertising relationships that have come to us or that I've cultivated. We have an ad network, um, that we've worked with, um, uh, audio boom for a long time. And so then now, like I said, then the, uh, the um, anchor part of it is uh, just backfill essentially. But then that's the other beauty part of it. it. And people have used AdSense like that for years where if you have um, a, a, a media property online, um, you might have your own ad sales team, but then you can use AdSense to backfill your unsold inventory. So essentially that's what we're using anchor for right now. Mm-hmm. However, if you're a, a, a podcast of any of any sort like it's literally just click and boom you can monetize an episode right audio boom handles the how does where does audio boom come in as it relates to anchor uh separate separate yeah yeah, yeah. And, and they just that they're just handling the they're they're serving ads then audio boom audio boom no um yeah, no, all of my ads are, are baked in except for the anchor ones. I know this is all complicated, <laughs> and, but again, I'm yeah. doing everything ad hoc because I didn't come at this uh, professionally. So, yes, so uh, the tinies, the data dogs, those come from existing tech meme relationships or people that I've cultivated personally, where it's like Metal Labs. Right. Oh my God, we listen to your show every day. Let's get on there. Um, and then, uh, anything that I can't sell, then hopefully audio boom can sell anything. Audio boom can't sell. Hopefully anchor can sell. So yeah, being a little promiscuous, but, uh, that's why, (laughs) that's why our ad inventory is sold out and we we're doing 
uh, the goal this year is to do 365 episodes. So if you yeah. imagine at the very least two uh, ads per episode, I got a, a ton of inventory that I need to fill. So that's the way I got to roll, essentially. And then you're doing the the Friday you're doing the long reads, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because and for the benefit of the listener and anyone who hasn't heard the show, can you just describe what that segment's about? That was a happy accident because on a on a given sh- show like today, I don't know, there's seven segments on the show today. Whatever the top seven headlines were today is essentially I tell you about them. And it's not just me reading the headlines. That's what people don't understand about it. Like you could get a robot to just read the headlines, right? Yeah. The whole point of the the Tech Me Right Home is that I'm telling you what happened and then it's the context and conversation. So TechCrunch says this and Gadget says that. And then I, you know, even into tweets like Shiro Ovide tweeted this about it. And blah, the way I'm thinking of it is if you work in Silicon Valley or tech or whatever, I want you to, I, if you're at a dinner party tonight and some some news comes up about, you know, Google launched YouTube TV fully out today or Amazon's field testing autonomous d- delivery vehicle, I want to explain it to you so that you can be, you can sound like you know what you're talking about. So it's context. Mm-hmm. It's not just news to me. It's the context that's important. Um, and then then the um, the long read. So on a given episode, I'm telling you the news. I'm trying to give you the context of why it happened. But then there were all these bigger ideas, like these long read stories where it's like, you know, here's a profile of Masayoshi Son, who is completely revolutionizing how venture capital is happening. And here's his investment philosophy or whatever. Now, how can I, how can I summarize what's great about that piece in three minutes? Right. Mm. And so essentially all that happened was I was just collecting these and they were piling up of, of like stories that I would love to do, but like, it's not a boom, 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 three minute news segment. Well, also helpfully, Fridays tend to be a little slower. <laughs> so I needed a little from a more news, from a news perspective. From a news yeah. perspective. So I, I just started to throw up the long reads every Friday that said, okay, over the course of the week, here are four or five or six deeper ideas. And a lot of times they are long reads, but they don't have to be. They can be deeper ideas where it's like, I couldn't fit this into a tight two or three minutes. It deserves you reading and thinking about it. And so I just collected those. And that has become by far the most popular segment. Like the Fridays are the most popular download days. Um, There's a guy that has set up a website that collects all the links to the long reads. Um, He posts it to the subreddit all the time. And yeah, so, and then, and then that's how the weekend shows evolved too, because um, it's just that idea that even though the purpose of the show is to give you the news in 15 to 20 minutes, I want the context, so I want the ability to do deeper dives. I want the ability to go deeper and 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 talk to people about it. So I'm, you know, I'm scheduled to talk to um, Christopher Mims of the Wall Street Journal tomorrow for this weekend because he did a big piece about how email is suddenly back and everyone has an email newsletter and yeah. and, and 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 you want to know why? It's fascinating because people are like. Uh, on social media, they're all based by, on, on algorithms, and I don't have control over who sees my message. And in email, I can still control that sort of thing. So, again, a deeper idea. I'll have Chris on tomorrow, and for fifteen minutes, we can delve deeper into that. And so, do do you pre-record and and pre-produce the weekend stuff, or are you yes. just basically working seven days a week? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm going to record yeah. Chris for tomorrow. I'm going to record Chris tomorrow and then put it up uh, either Saturday or Sunday. I've got uh, I've got six in the bank right now, so I, I'm trying to mix it up. I, like I've got some evergreens saved, and then I'm trying to be like, okay, this news broke on Wednesday. Let's get her to talk about it or something, a little more timely and mixed with evergreen sort of stuff. Yeah, it's always nice when you have the super fans who sort of take your content and then do other stuff about yeah. it or share it, and, that, and so that that guy that's repurposing your your long reads onto Reddit. Oh, I love funny. it. I, I said no. I said as a as a sort of an aside one time. I was like, you know, you guys could have a you guys could put up a subreddit and you could like ping me with stories in case like it, it misses. You could put them on my radar and boom, there's, I don't know, 600 subscribers. And and I do use it by the way. And I try to, I try to uh, credit the listeners every time. Like when I use a story that, that was surfaced to me on the subreddit, I, I try to uh, give credit. It's, it's fascinating. Can you walk us through what a production day looks like? Yeah. 
Uh, get in here by nine at the latest. Uh, look at the tech meme back end. Look at the back uh, the Slack channel because again, tech meme has about a dozen editors that you know work around the clock. So I take a look at what's on the tech meme page. I, I can't under emphasize how much I lean on them for surfacing the news and giving it like, this is what the important story is of the day. Like, I don't know that I, the curation, the curation. And so I take a look at what happened overnight. I take a look at what's there in the morning, but then I can also see the back end. So I can see what they're about to post. I can see what they're arguing over. Is this important? Do we need this? Or we already covered this or whatever. So like, that's hugely useful because um, I, you know, at some point I got to make a decision like th- this show is locked or whatever. So I can know, okay, there's news coming down the pike that maybe you want to hold the show for or something like that. Um, I'm writing a script that usually comes out to about 2,400 words. Uh, and then my drop dead, my drop dead lock to start recording is three o'clock. I try to aim for two o'clock. Um, like uh, today I, because I knew we were going to do this, uh, I, I, I started recording about one, uh, and I'm checking the site right now to make sure that, you know, nothing earth shattering happened <laughs> that would make the show look stupid <laughs> if I didn't have it. Um, but then, yeah, so then by two thirty, hopefully I've recorded, uh, the editing is actually the biggest time suck cause it takes about an hour and a half, even, um, even though it's only a 15 to 20 minute show, but I don't know I I'm, I'm terrible. I can't read extemporaneously or like without fumfering. And so I try to edit that stuff out. And then, um, yeah, as long as it's a good to go by five, then I've done my job. So you said the 2400 word script, that's the script for the whole episode or you mm-hmm. there's that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this, I mean, this is, this is your full-time gig. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's, um, so the Slack group is where is the tech meme Slack group, right? And where the yeah, editors are, yeah, are, are compiling yeah. the stories. And yeah. then you said there's also a group for the fans who submit stories. Which is, is that through that's Reddit? That's the subreddit, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the subreddit, okay. Yeah. Um, and did you have, I mean, uh, you said you're not a journalist by trade, mm, but no. were you, was there any inspiration for how you, how you were going to tackle this? Uh, no, but it's the same thing as why I did the book. Because mm-hmm. I again have been in this industry for twenty years now, yeah. God forgive me, but so it's just like I I would I am that person that is uh, this. There's my uh, 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 tweet deck over there. Like I'm on Twitter all day long. I'm on, I was on TechMeme all day long. So essentially, what I did obsessively my entire professional career, which was like what what's happening now? What's happening now in in the world of tech? I yep. just now have an outlet for it that's actually useful to other people. Um, did you say that, or did we say that off the air? Like this, uh, the the concept of like you need, especially in niches or whatever. Like, so my my value proposition to listeners is, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Do you have other things to do? Were you in a meeting <laughs> from three to six? So you weren't yeah. on Twitter the whole time. You missed A, B, and C. I I was paying attention here. Let me let me summarize for you. It is literally TLDR as a profession, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because what it's so fascinating because like I mean for me like I'm not gonna browse. I'm not. I mean I if I I used to I used to have um a ridiculous um feedly uh-huh, like uh-huh. A, account with a, just a, a stupid amount of like blogs that i was going to read later and then and you I was feel just... <laughs> bad when you don't get to them and you're like at some point you got to be like all right uh, delete or whatever yeah. like uh, mark as read yeah yeah it's like email essentially yeah it's but i think it's certain personalities there's like an ocd tendency there because i've replaced um rss feeds for blogs now with podcasts <laughs> well i okay so we can talk about that too i actually do think that this is going to be a trend well it already is a trend like i'm not telling anybody something they don't know that that daily podcasts are a trend but even what i was saying earlier is this idea that all we're doing with podcasting and uh, that's not reductive all we're doing with podcasting is replicating radio well radio had day parts for mm-hmm. 90 years for a good reason right yeah. and so Number one, like you can serve people's needs. Some people want to wake up and and know what they missed and prepare themselves for the day. Why did they have soap operas in the afternoon? Because back in the 1950s, there was 
uh, stay-at-home moms and housewives and, and the kids were taking a nap and blah, blah, blah. Um, so you can, I can see this whole universe exploding where um, for various needs and various times of the day, you can serve people's needs. Um, but also, and this is an interesting thing that we deal with specifically at TechMeme, uh, media is trying to stay alive and media is going behind paywalls, right? So aggregators, the job of aggregators has always been to, uh, like we've been saying, catch what you missed. And hey, by the way, you know, the Huffington Post has been doing that for almost two decades. And um, here, here's the news. And, and, and TechCrunch said this and Engadget said that and the New York Times said that. Aggregators help you if you're busy, keep you informed. But aggregators also tell you about the um, conversation and the context, again, which I think is my main job. But then everybody's going behind a paywall now. So maybe um, an actual opportunity here for people is because like the news came out today that all of the Condé Nast uh, properties like the New Yorker and, and whoever, I can see that there would be a need for a podcast to do TLDRs of long reads that are behind payroll paywalls. I can imagine that a fan of the New Yorker could do a weekly podcast. That's like, because obviously you can't just read the article. That's not, that's not kosher. Um, but okay. I'm going to summarize for you what was in this week's New Yorker, because unless you're a subscriber and unless you're paying to get behind the paywall, you won't know. I can see that happening. And, and, totally. And so again, um, what what did I what did I, I had a I had a snappy thing for it. Uh, TLDR as a profession is that what I said? Yeah, yeah. TLDR as a pro- well, it's interesting because I mean, I used to I, when I lived in New York, um, I was like, oh, I'm just going to subscribe to the New York Times on Sundays, and I'll sit down and I'll like sit on like the couch and just read it the whole. And I was <laughs> that lasted for a couple of months because Lynn like, piles I, I up outside your yeah, door because yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't keep up. Uh, I mean, for a, for a while, I was doing. When I was in like corporate America, I was doing the daily, the, the daily paper, and I was like, I, I can't read this. So then I was doing the Wall Street Journal, and then I couldn't do that, and I was like, okay, Sundays only. And then I thought for some reason I might want to read like um, The Economist, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the most dense like articles in the world. And then The New Yorker is the same thing too. So it it would probably take you how many hours to yeah. get through one issue of The New Yorker. So just, that's very fascinating. Is it weird that maybe that's a job? Like that is a you job. No, not at all. Like, that is. That's, we need this curation again, because we're overwhelmed with content right now. Find a profile. Well, but we're already doing that with the universe of um, TV recaps. Like think of how many podcasts are successful TV recaps. Oh, oh my God. It's ridiculous. Now, like, every of- time Every time a new show comes up, I think – Someone wants to be like the one podcaster, even if it's a, every every show probably has one because yeah. you're like if the, if a show doesn't have a podcast, you're like I'll be the one who talks about it, you know, and they'll be super fans. Now and, and right now, half of that audience is people that actually did watch the show last night and want to again deep do a deeper dive, but you're also serving people that didn't watch. Yep. Like and I listen to here's another one. Um, what is it called? Go Bayside. I have never watched an entire. I've never watched five minutes of saved by the bell in my entire life. But I know that it is a cultural touchstone and I've always been yeah. fascinated by the references screech and, and whatever. So April Richardson, stand-up comedian uh, did again, she, she watched and brought on her comedian friends, the entire catalog of saved by the bell. Now, again, I've never watched the show. I listened to every episode. And so now I understand when 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 people make Saved by the Bell references, because like that is how I consume Saved by the Bell, not as a watcher, not as when I was 13 years old. Yeah. So again, um, it, what is it? It's 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 mediation. It's curation. It is this maybe is a new line of work. And podcast is like maybe like the best avenue for doing that sort of thing. What was that again? TLDR what? TLDR uh, as a profession. <laughs> as an industry, too, right? Maybe. Yeah, it's a, I mean, just like Blinkist. I don't know if you've heard of Blinkist. It's a it's a service where people can read like all these popular like inspirational and business books and they mm. it's sort of like the Cliff Notes now. Yeah, so yeah, you, you, yeah. you get a you get a yeah. five minute read of a book, like good to great or something like that, and you're like, Oh, okay, I think this is enough for me to decide if I want to read the book or not. But I think that the key to it, like so what we're describing is Cliff Notes, right? Um or Cliff's yep. is it Cliff's notes? Um <laughs> again, you could have a robot do it. 
so I think that if if anyone's listening to this and being like, well, why don't I do the uh, here here are the highlights from this week's Economist, which by the way would subscribe, would listen, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, then that's fine. But you can't just read the headlines. It's important to do it in a more contextual way. That's what I get when I listen to you. Like the, you, there's, I get the sense that you've read the article. And you've sort of you've put some thought behind, like what what does it mean? You're not just doing a mm-hmm. that's the this point. Is, this this is what we talked about: A, B, C, point one, point two, point three. You're not doing the robotic summary. And also because the point is, is like they're all evolving narratives. So that like so today I did a segment about Waymo investing in a factory in Michigan to do uh, to to produce uh, self driving cars. Uh, I have this long standing thing about. Um, will we actually see self-driving cars meaningfully on the road by 2020? And so like, if you've listened to my show for three months or whatever, like that's a thread that keeps come back, coming back. And so like, I, I pull that into the thread of like, well, you know, remember I told you three months ago that Waymo bought 67,000 Chrysler Pacificas. Well, guess what? This is the follow through on that because now this factory will put the self-driving technology on those Chrysler Pacificas. It's not designed to create the cars from the ground up. It's designed to then drive the Chrysler Pacificas into the factory, put the little radar and, and LIDAR and things on top of that. So again, I could just say Waymo invests $13.6 million in a factory for a level four autonomous cars in Michigan. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that headline and then I'll say this is what it means that so if you're listening to us and you're inspired to do a similar thing, that's what's helpful. It, it be, uh, anyone could do the headlines, but you have to be the, the thing that is helpful is to and I think uh, Eric Mandy is that her name? Um, uh, yeah, Eric Mandy, the, the newsworthy. Yeah. I think that's what she's trying to do, too. And like, that's yeah. what's useful about it. Yeah, and she's she's got I think at least 10 years plus she was a reporter she was worked i think she was on cnn and she knew how to collect stories and what's funny she said she now has people listen to her show to get ideas about what they want to report on (laughs) uh well i shouldn't name names but yes uh there's a a ton of journalists who know who they are that listen to me every day yes and they've told me they're they're not trying to hide it but yeah so um well this time went by quickly um so a couple of questions as we wrap up, and then we'll see where else we can go, depending on how much time we have. Um, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? I, uh, being in the tech industry and doing this show um, on a daily basis has changed a lot of what I've thought about tech in the sense that at first it made me angry because when I when I launched the show, it was right before like the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff happened. And so essentially mm. all last year I was just doing day after day of tech doing something really stupid and and like annoying. And so at first I got angry and now I don't know what's the seven stages. Now I'm in the in the where I'm like acceptance. Um, no. Well, bargaining. I don't, OK, I don't know what stage I, what yeah. fits now, but um. I've I've decided the anger has turned into I want I want tech to be better because I know it can be better. Um, okay. And so maybe before I started this, I was still naively one of those guys from the tech industry that was like, um, "We're changing the world and everything's great." And then doing this and having to report on the dumb stuff that tech has been doing recently uh, really beat me down. But now it's almost like I've got a missionary zeal for like, uh, we're going to clean up our act guys. We can be better again, guys and girls. There was a time when tech, maybe I'm just getting old was, was good. And and we can get there again. The five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance and acceptance. I'm not at acceptance yet because (laughs) I have to accept that tech is really sucking and, and in a bad place right now. But anyway, and, and it's interesting. Sometimes you you also make the call as to stories whether whether they're tech related, and obviously mm-hmm. um, Jeff Bezos' divorce, for example. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you heard that one. Yeah. Oh God, that was. Yeah, I didn't want to do that, and then I realized there was a reason why it should be done. Now I didn't do the the tabloidy stuff. I didn't read the quotes. Yeah. You're not going to be interviewing his his girlfriend. No, no. <laughs> but it is. It it was worth pointing out that by the way there will be two co-equal largest shareholders of at one point the the most 
valuable company in the world, one of the biggest players in the tech industry. And and for and going forward, one or both of them in their philanthropy or their investments or whatever will have impact on tech going forward. So it's how how could you not know that news? You had to know. Yeah. yeah. Um what's the most misunderstood thing about you? Does anybody understand anything about me? <laughs> uh I am still doing it all by myself, but mm. uh the the show uh, but it's not that hard because, um, I just come in and the plate, the, the table setting is set for me. And so I just have to then execute. Yeah. I can't imagine how hard this would be if you had to source all these stories yourself. It would be impossible. You, you would need a team. And, and again, I'm going to get a team, but, uh, yeah. it, 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 if, if someone does want to try to replicate what I'm doing for some other niche, it's, it's useful to, <laughs> to have, some source that would tell you like this is what's important because i've thought about that like you could do a you could do a wall street ride home yeah politics ride home hollywood ride home or whatever so so that just now, now that there's respect comes my entrepreneurial mind source and we'll probably chat a little bit once that's not mm. recording about an idea i already have mm. but but the, the ride home could could be a brand well by the way uh my entrepreneurial mind is way ahead of you because um <laughs> i have trademarked it by the way <laughs> <laughs> of course, you yeah. have the domain ready to go. But if so. someone wants to do want a, a ride home for some niche, uh, yeah. you know, you can license it just like I did with TechMeme and have get in touch. We'll have a conversation. Yeah. So, um, Brian, what are, you, what are you excited about? I mean, this is this is really interesting. I, I think, I mean, everything about podcasting for me is just fascinating, and and I I just love the fact that I can have these conversations with all these little things that are happening, and you know, this idea of the the idea of this kind of short snippets to a concentrated audience format is really fascinating. A lot of new podcasters may have heard of John Lee Dumas, and he started Entrepreneur on Fire, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and I'm I'm friends with him, and I've chatted a bit about his his workflow. But he's just crazy because he records now 15 episodes a day over two days, and that get that gets his month done. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so. a good way to do it. I, I wish. Uh, hey, uh, if all the news could happen in a single day, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. If it's news related too. Mm -hmm. So, but I think it's just a matter of like, and people wrote it off because everyone tried to do what he did, and they failed miserably, obviously. Um, but now the the idea that it's coming back and what thing you know what things that you're doing and Eric is doing, and I just see more of this happening. So I I think it's fascinating. So I'm just curious, you know, as to what you see podcast related and, and mm. what you see for, for tech me ride home, you know, year from now. Well, I do think, and I, I am, I am not an investor in anchor. I do not have it aside from our advertising relationship. I do think that someone's going to solve in the next couple of years, an easy way for even small and the middle uh, podcasters, the ability to monetize easier the the harder one is it's still hard for even big guys to monetize. It's still a lot of handholding and brand like so. I think that in the next two or three years, someone's going to crack that nut, and it's going to be hugely useful for everyone, including you and I. Um, for the tech meme ride home, uh, I just um, we just launched the again these weekend episodes that are the interview episodes. Uh, I don't know, I. The thing that that excites me about this, uh, I've said to people, uh, again, I founded three companies. I've had customers. I've never had fans. Hmm. Uh, I like that a community has been built around this. I like that yeah. there's a subreddit. I like that, that we're going to do a meetup in New York soon. I like that if, if, if again, I've gotten angry at, at, at tech as an industry, then I feel like there's a mutant podcast army behind me that we're all kind of together, like trying to figure out uh, what is tech doing to our world? Who's doing it to us and how can we convince them to do it better? <laughs> um, so that's uh, like uh, the, the, you know, my day flow that we described, I, that that's not a slog to me. Like I'm energized every day to come in and do that and be like, uh, if you're a tech if you're if you're in Silicon Valley, if this is your industry, here's how you should think about your industry today. If you're outside of it, if you're just tech curious, tech adjacent, tech whatever, um, here's how to think about what tech is doing to our world. Like I I really like mm. being able to be a conduit for for those sorts of thoughts and conversations. 
Well, it's been very helpful for me, and it's a reintroduction to me of, of the world of tech in a way that's easily digestible and it doesn't feel overwhelming, so I'm appreciative for that. And oh, thank it's, you. It's now part of my daily routine, and, and I think there's room for more of that. And, and the fact that I listen at sometimes one and a half or two helps a little bit <laughs> to get, 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 get through that, but um, um, thanks for all you do for, for getting keeping me up to date as far as what's going. You know, Not every single stories is something that's super like, mm -hmm. re requires mm -hmm. a deep dive but it's enough just to know like on a surface level just what's happening in tech and how it's impacting our day-to-day -day lives no well thank you harry that's that's what i'm trying for so where's the best place for folks to track you down online uh well uh search your podcast app for tech meme right home yes. uh if you're interested in buying a book i wrote how the internet happened but my twitter is at brian mcc b-r-i-a-n-m-c-c Okay. Thanks again for your time. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Harry. So thanks again to Brian for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Again, full show notes available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 190. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Focusrite, and their awesome line of gear, specifically the Scarlett 2i2, which I'm currently recording on as you listen to my voice. Tune in next week for my conversation with Rich Jones friend of the show and host of paychecks and balances and if you made it this far you're no doubt waiting for the retention hashtag it's going to be tech brian one word and you can tag brian at brian mcc and uh, me at podcast underscore junkies thanks for all you do to support the show talk to you guys next week